0: I'm Jared, your host, and you're listening to episode number one of the Finding Ananda podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number one of the Finding Ananda podcast, where we discuss finding happiness through self discovery with the hope of becoming one's most authentic expression of oneself. Um, Today, I sat down with a good friend of mine, Brandon, to talk about the the decline of Christianity in the Western world. Religion in general uh, plays a huge role and a key role in so many people's lives today. Uh, But with Christianity being the majority spiritual worldview in America, I thought it would be an interesting topic to have for a first podcast episode. I've known Brandon uh, my entire life, and so it was nice to hear his thoughts and opinions on uh, questioning one's own religion, dogmatism, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, being uncomfortable with uncertainty in one's own spiritual life, and why so many millennials just don't want to go to church anymore. So, hope you enjoyed this conversation. And without any further ado, uh, let's check in with Brandon. I guess, kind of give like every kind of like a, a really quick background of yourself, just because of in the context of the topic that we're having regarding the state of Christianity in the Western world, like um, your own. Really, religious background uh, and your current, I guess, if you're comfortable talking about your current kind of stance or where you are right now with your um, religion or faith.
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. Well, so basically I grew up Adventist. uh, Pretty much my whole life I've been Adventist. It was just my parents took me to Adventist church and they my mom taught Sabbath school and she told me everything about Adventism and I kind of really... Didn't really uh, question it. I kind of just accepted it. And I guess that kind of has to do with my personality type. My personality type is very like um, listen to uh, other people because they're probably more right than you are. I, I guess I doubt myself a lot. So I, I listen to what other people say. So, especially growing up in my formative years. I pretty much just listened to everything that my parents said, followed the rules, um, didn't really question things because chances are other people knew better than I did. Um, So that was how I grew up. I I don't think it was uh, until college that I started to question a little bit. You know, you have like doubts here and there, but I I, I don't think it was until like college that I was really started to like test my beliefs out a little bit. Um, And even college, like I I went to school at. In Adventist University, so like I wasn't really trying to branch out at all; just kind of like follow the path that I was supposed to follow. Um, but yeah, I think it was the my honors classes in college that I started to question. Uh, if if this is what I really believed, um, it was really interesting because the professors there, who I thought would be Adventist, uh, a good number of them had some very strange beliefs. They would consider themselves quote unquote Adventist, but then when you actually like listen to like some of the stuff that they're saying, mm-hmm. you're just like, that's not really biblical, <laughs> at least from, from my understanding. That's not really biblical, mm-hmm. like God is a woman and all that. Um, they just have like a, a lot of just like yeah, really strange beliefs. and um, some of the questions that they brought up, like I don't understand, like how Jesus' sacrifice can pay can atone for all of our sins. Like, like logically, that doesn't make sense. Like, why should one man's death be able to save all these people from their sins? Like, that doesn't make sense. Um, I think that that made me, you know, question things. But I think I still uh, was kind of like you know paid attention to what my parents said and it's like well they can't be they can't be wrong um but still it you know makes you think and makes you wonder well like what if what if i am wrong what if there is some other belief system that is right yeah i think that was the biggest question for me in college was um yeah what if some what if another belief system is right i'd never thought about that before i'd always kind of just you know have been in my own bubble um but yeah, once you you know, think about it, it's like, what if you grew up in another, another country, and you grew up in like an Islamic country, and uh, yeah, everyone is Islamic. I mean, I would, you know, would I be Adventist? Obviously not. No, I would be, you know, I would be uh, Muslim. And so that was kind of scary to me because I was like, whoa. Why, Uh, (laughs) you know, why why is this happening? I never thought of that before. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It just makes you study. makes you, um, yeah, like pray and and see if this is really what, uh, you know, if this is really the right faith to be in. Um, And I think ultimately at the end of college, I basically decided that this was, there's no way that I can know that this religion or this denomination, this is the right faith. You know, this is the absolute true faith. But for me, it works for me. Um, and, you know, that that's pretty much all, you know, that's as far as you can go. Like, you have to have faith. Like, that's what, you know, religion is about. You got to have faith in something, someone. And so, you, yeah, wherever faith is involved, there's there's always going to be unsurety. Um, yeah, in this world, there's always going to be unsurety. So that was where I kind of, like, uh, in college, kind of questioned myself a little questioned my faith a little bit. That was good experience for me. Um, and then... I think after that, it's been kind of like a continuous state of like questioning, um, kind of testing my beliefs and then like changing my perspective and then kind of doing the same thing over and over again. But I'm still Adventist and I'm pretty sure I'll always be Adventist as far as I know.
0: Yeah, that that's a really uh, mature way of looking at your own um, religious path. And so when you got to college and you're exposed to like the honors program and a lot of people who have, I guess uh, I guess some of them did have traditional views, but some of them were more philosophical in their ideas. Like you said, that some people have their concept of God as more of a female as opposed to a father figure, which is most common in Christianity. So do you think that um, you had that kind of uh, – that shock because your background was so, I guess, um, adamant about being correct about belief systems. Yeah,
1: for sure. I, I think that Venice, uh, institution is very, uh, dogmatic. They're very conservative. They're very focused on rules because the, the, the thing that separates us from other denominations is this major rule about, you know, the fourth commandment about the Sabbath. And it's like, that's what we take pride in. And it's like, this rule is something that we take pride in. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's the thing that makes us unique. It's the thing that makes that separates us from other denominations. Is what it's what makes us special. We feel like we have truth, and other people are kind of like in the dark a little bit. Not that they won't be saved, but um, this is something that like makes us kind of better in some way than the other denominations. So we kind of like have this. It helps with this attitude, this sense of like self righteousness, like we're better than other religions. So for for sure, yeah, that that definitely has uh, influenced my perception of like, you know, having the truth. This is my personal opinion, but like having faith in God and seeing God, how God, uh, behaved in certain situations or, or things that certain prophets said and then other prophets, uh, back that up. And so there is some like consistency within the Bible. Um, there, there is a lot of crazy stuff that happens and, you know, really terrible stuff. But, um, yeah, I think when you're doing a Bible study, it actually is enlightening when you go to different verses, you go to different chapters, Old Testament, New Testament, you see connections, you see um, expansions upon an original idea um, and elaborations on, on certain verses in other parts of the Bible. So that's like really fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely affected um, my my view. And it was just kind of like when, when people started to question, like in college or ask me questions, um, you know, initially it's like, you know, I mean, I'm obviously like, this is obviously the right way. Like they don't, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, so yeah, it's definitely humbling, I think, um, to get outside of your own personal perspective and actually try, um, to look at it from another point of view, from another religion, from another denomination and say, what if I actually thought this was right? Um, and that's really that can be really scary. Uh, I had classmates that just couldn't handle it. Like, they came from very conservative faith, uh, from very conservative backgrounds, just like me, and they just they couldn't take it anymore. They just dropped out of the classes because they are like, I, I don't want to hear this. Like, I don't want to deal with this. too scary. Um, if I'm wrong, what if I'm wrong? What if everything I believed up to this point has not been true? I, I can't, you know, your worldview is just, like, shattered. Um, and so that's crazy coming, like, from... I guess Adventist background where it's like, we're right for sure. So, um, so yeah, to answer your question, uh, absolutely. That, that affected my perspective.
0: Like you said, it shapes your entire view on, on the world, your purpose on the, in the world, uh, how you relate to others and, um, you know, ultimate reality. And if something contradicts that and there are good points that support it and you're like, uh, I don't really want to look into this because, even if it's true, it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I guess my question is, do you, do you, do you kind of perceive things that make you feel uncomfortable as, oh, there might be some truth this, or do you think that, yeah, I guess I was actually, do you think that certain things have, that make you feel uncomfortable, have some sort of truth in them possibly, or, or what's your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's, uh, that's a good sign that you, you feel like there may be truth in it. You feel like your worldview is threatened in some way. Uh, if you didn't feel like there was any truth to it, then you wouldn't have that those uncomfortable feelings because you, you wouldn't feel threatened by it anyway. So, yeah, definitely. Um, but that's good. You know, it's good to feel that way because that means it, it's a test and that means you need to, you know, because if you don't have the answer right away, then that's some sort of challenge that you need to look into. And, I mean, that happens, you know, if you're growing spiritually, then that's going to happen uh, all the time and it should happen all the time, Uh, and, like, I I don't know, and you look at different things as you grow, too, so, you know, I I would study something in the past, and then felt like I had a good handle on it, and then several years later, somebody personed me with, like, the same type of question, and I'm like, like, uh, you know, this is the, this was the response that I kind of, like, had, but, you know, maybe I need to relook at that, because, Uh, You know, things change as you get older, you get smarter, you have different perspectives, a a broader perspective. So it's like a perspective that you held um, on some topic or some argument or some issue. You, it it may not hold up or you may realize
0: that there's flaws in that argument that you had. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you're like,
1: oh, you know, that actually doesn't really stand up like I thought it did. Now I
0: need to go back and revisit that. Um, So the more I, the more, for me personally, the more I realize how little I know, the more comfortable I feel. um, Because what I do know, I I feel very secure in that. And the minutia, the small details, don't really bother me so much. They're interesting things to talk about. They're interesting things to study. But the foundation of um, knowledge or faith Uh, I feel like that's kind of like the key. And I feel like that I didn't get enough of that uh, growing up. Uh, I feel like it was more about like, like you said earlier, the fourth commandment, uh, don't do this, don't do that. Um, But obviously the basics were um, taught, but I feel like it was just, I know something was kind of lacking (laughs) growing up
1: because this relationship, like, we didn't stress relationship at all, it was all about rules, and, like, how can rules be real to you, like, that's not really a, like, I mean, it's a fundamental belief, um, but I think if relationship is not there, then it's, like, what are you doing, like, why are you doing this, like, you don't have Mm -hmm. a purpose, and I think that's, like, really the foundation, like, across all Christianity, like, that's the foundation, the foundation is, like, love and God, and if, you know, it's not about rules, so if you know, you think rules are, are like, fundamental to your or belief, I guess. I guess in that regard, that's where I disagree with, like, Adventism, <laughs> um, where it's, like, these fundamental beliefs are, like, the number one priority. Uh, whether or not we actually say that, but, like, that's, that's kind of, like, how we see things. Mm-hmm. And I know we're trying to get away from that, but I think that's kind of where you feel, where you felt growing up where it's like, uh, you like the intellectual part of like all those fundamental beliefs and how we're like right and everything. But, um, like the foundation where, you know, you have that relationship. I mean, I think that's, that's the foundation is like having a relationship with God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, a thousand percent. I, I wish that, uh, you know, I, I mentor on, um, this group of young, um, guys on the weekend and they're all ages mm, I think they're probably like between 12 and 16 I think there's one guy who's like 18 um but they all go to the same church as I do and I whenever I whenever I look at them I always like see myself because I'm so they're so bored <laughs> they're so bored yeah so bored and dis, dis, uh, interested in like what's going on or in life church or am I uh, in church I guess okay. and so I was kind of I mean I was definitely like that I always I always loved religion but I didn't like church <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that kind of brings me into I guess the next point um, so I wrote a blog article I think it was last spring might have been last fall but the title of it uh, if the listener wants to check it out in its entirety, uh, it's on my website, j a r e d k a v a n J-A-R-E-D, Kavan, J-A-R-E-D Kavan, K-A-V-A-N.com. But the name of the article was called Satsang, Millennial Seekers and the Western Church. And in that article, uh, in 2014, there was an article by a guy named Steve McSwain, and it was called Why Nobody Wants to Go to Church Anymore and stated that there's somewhere between 4000 and 7000 churches close every single year uh, but also there was a guy named uh, Tom Rayner. he was he's a, a Southern Baptist uh, researcher and he said oh and he said that uh, that figure is probably more like 8000 to 10000 churches that close every single year and i wasn't able to find any stats um, for the year 2018 But I only imagine that, uh, I mean, the numbers aren't slowing down. So, Brandon, I want to get your opinion on that, given that we've, what we've talked about so far. Um, Like, what what do you think that is why so many people uh, our age, millennials, are finding um, church or finding uh, Christianity so, like, not worth it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, uh, well I, I mean why they're finding it not worth it i think adventist church is probably i bet if you look at those statistics and specific to the denomination i would guess that adventist church is probably like leading that mm-hmm. uh, pack and the reason why that is is because of our focus on the beliefs dogma and, and less on the relationship part maybe that's we're trying to work on that. We recognize that now more than we ever had before, but that doesn't change the fact that, uh, you know, it's something that has been ingrained in our, in the Adventist culture. Uh, and, you know, we feel judged by that. Millennials feel judged um, by older people in the church where they're like, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, it's like, I know we're supposed to love people, but that's how I grew up and that's how, you know, I am. It's a part of you know these older people, older generation. It's part of their like personality now. Like that's how they are. Like the religion has shaped who they are. And so it's like it's not something, even if you recognize that it's a problem, that you can just change very quickly. It's something that takes time. And and so until that older generation like gets old and dies, like gets older and dies, like there's there's, I feel like the Adventist Church is is going to be losing members faster than any other church and so like um, I think before there was a lot of like uh, I don't know when this older generation was younger that time period was was, there was a lot of um, just acceptance of of the situation Um, and I was like this kind of extends beyond just like religion but like I was looking at marriage statistics too like the divorce rate is higher than it's ever been before Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's just people have had enough of you know situations that don't make them happy. Like we're more focused on things that uh, you know that make us happy, that feel good, that um, that speaks to our truth, um, kind of whatever that means. But we're we're not going to put up with the situation that we're in um, much more than the older generation. And so because of that, we're we're not going to sit in church if we don't like it, if we don't know why we're there, and we're not going and take it. We're not going to kind of allow that. We're just be like this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, go, go do something else. Like I want to go to the park. I want to go take a walk. I want to go do the stuff that I want to do. Why do I have to put up with this? Uh, And so then that's what they do and they don't go to church anymore. Um, And I mean, I'm kind of that same way too. In the sense that I used to go to church every Sabbath growing up, um, even in college. I would go to church pretty much every Sabbath consistently, um, and then I think as I got as I got older after college, you know, you start realizing like I don't enjoy church, like sitting there for hours, like it's stuffy in there. I don't enjoy the sermons. Like, why, you know, why am I there? Um, not to say that other people don't enjoy that, but for me personally, I didn't enjoy it, and therefore, I was like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go when I feel led to go. I'm not going to go if I don't want to go, um, and so so yeah, there is a huge uh, chunk of the church missing. You have like the kids, and you have the older generation, but that age group of like between twenty something and like like even uh, mid to late thirties, there's just you know there's just no one there. Um, and yeah, it's it's yeah, so it's I think it's like two major things: the the judgment part. No one wants to to go somewhere. Um, and then feel judged. And then um, it's the, the shift and that we feel more empowered to take control of our lives uh, much more than a previous generation did. And so we're going to do something about it rather where they would just kind of take it.
0: You primarily go to Bible studies on Saturday, um, but you usually skip the traditional church service. Um, so do you, do you feel that you... Do you think it's a problem with the service itself? I mean, the reasons that you gave, do you feel that way about like, do you feel like judged <laughs> or do you feel like it's too many rules? Like the reasons that you gave why you think that millennials aren't really attending church, is that some reason for yourself, why you prefer the actual, the study of the Bible as opposed to the, all the formalities that come with the a traditional service? Um, I don't necessarily feel that judged um, when I go to church because I would kind of like do all the right things, you know, um, growing up, I would be like,
1: you know, be, uh, perform like the deacon um, duties and then I would give short sermons and, you know, all those things that you do in-, in church, I would do that. And so I don't think I, and I dressed well and I knew scriptures pretty well, decently well. So I don't think there's any reason for me to feel uh, judge necessarily um, but other people, you know, you see it's like, oh, look what they're wearing, they're wearing this, they wearing that right. um, you know, they, they're they what they're doing this on the Sabbath, like that's wrong uh, so so yeah, that that wasn't necessarily personal to me um, but, but yeah, in terms of like uh, just what I get out of church, I guess I, I didn't really in, enjoy that, there was a lot of uh, singing that I didn't necessarily like enjoy that much uh i enjoy other types of music um there would be like a lot of gospel and like gospels is is fine sometimes for me but sometimes i don't really want to hear that and if it goes on for a very long period of time i'm like i don't feel like being here anymore um but in terms of the bible study yeah that provided me kind of what i was looking for Um, providing me it was kind of like a uh, a dialogue rather than the preacher just preaching at you it's like don't I get to say something well when you're sitting in church it's you know the pastor the preacher has the pulpit and you're sitting in the pews and therefore you get to be told by them what you're doing wrong Uh, and so there's no dialogue there and I don't really like that that much you know it's like being in school again and um so the thing about the Bible study is that, yeah, you get to share your perspective, share your opinion, you get to hear other people's opinion, and it's not just one person telling you what they think, it's a lot of different people, a lot of people sharing and giving different perspectives, so I like that much more than just kind of sitting there and taking it. So
0: do you, so do you think that if, if the traditional church service was kind of shifted into a more, you uh, interactive approach where it's more, um, less formal where people can come. I mean, I guess it could still be in the sanctuary with with pews and stuff, but it's not, it wouldn't be so much as like the pastor or the priest or the minister is speaking to you about something. It's more of a, he's actively trying to engage you in the conversation and then you can have a dialogue. So do you think that would be, um, do you think more people, be more interested in that? Or do you think that's just more toward your own temperament?
1: Yeah, I think that could definitely help. And I know I've seen some churches do that uh, sometimes, but uh, I think the challenge of that is just the, it, it's a positive and it's a negative. The positive is that you get to hear yeah, a lot of different perspectives Um but for me i think my bible study is kind of unique because the people are around my age group and they and i feel like there's some sort of like shared experience shared understanding there being younger uh, generation versus like in church and you're just a very a wide array of people from older to like middle to younger, so that's all saying like that could be a good thing where you hear a bunch of different perspectives. But also at the same time, the difference may be a bit too much, such that somebody's talking about something and you're just like, I, you know, it, it, it may get a little heated just because the perspectives are so like far off that it's kind of difficult to kind of connect on some level and. And so, yeah, that makes it difficult when there's not some sort of shared experience, shared understanding, uh, because yeah, the older generation just has such a completely different take on things. So that could help, but I think there's some limitations there. I think difference is good, but uh, within limits, within bounds.
0: Yeah, my my own personal, uh, I guess, comment on that. I think it would. I think that sort of thing would appeal to people like yourself and myself. Um, but I think for the the eight, the tens of thousands of. Uh, <laughs> A millennial yeah. sort of millennials who are leaving the church every single year. I think it comes down to more of a fundamental issue they have with the church itself as, when it comes to, or with like regarding rules uh, dogma and I guess essentially their concept of, of God. Uh, and I think I'm going to conclude each episode with asking the person I'm talking to the question, like what's your, what are three things that would help the listener help them find their own Ananda or find their own happiness in life? I would
1: I would do one thing <laughs> because three is kind of a
0: lot. It. What's one tip you have for listeners that will help them find their own Nanda? Brandon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, that's perfect. What what were yours? What would yours be?
1: What <laughs> uh, what is what is Ananda again? My happiness, my peace.
0: Uh, Ananda my- means eternal happiness, bliss.
1: their their happiness okay yeah yeah no I I I think for me what helped me a lot was um like paying attention to what was what what made me happy so I'll give an example when I was after I graduated from college and I did a post back program and then uh I got into medical school after that I was trying to decide did I want to do that or did I want to do Something, something else, mm-hmm. and my entire life, basically, my parents had told me, you know, you should go to medical school um, and be a doctor. Like that's an acceptable career field, but that wasn't necessarily what was right for me, what I wanted to do. Uh, and so, I, I definitely think that being cognizant of what you want to do, rather than listening to what other people want you to do, and paying attention to social pressures. Um, can really help you find what uh, is right for you and really make you a lot happier because I chose not to go to medical school and I don't have any regrets at all. And I feel like if I had gone to medical school instead, I would be a lot less happier than I am now. Um, I'd be a lot more conflicted. I would be, uh, I don't know, more cynical, bitter um, than I am right now. It took me a while to, to figure out exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that that wasn't right for me. So definitely paying attention to um your own needs and your own wants um rather than listening to what everybody else says that that's, that'll really help you
0: find your own on brandon thank you so much for helping me out for this first episode of the podcast and for sharing your your opinions and, and being honest with your perspectives and things like that so i really appreciate uh all of that and thank you to the listener for checking out this episode and until next time continue seeking your own bliss take care